You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to Hemp Resent, the weekly radio show that smells like a skunk and leaves sugary trichome crystals all over the radio dial, seeking to defeat prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. I am your host, Vivian McPeak, but you can call me Papaganja of the Propaganda. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, in its 24th year, found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing. Transmitting from a fortified bunker under a ramshackle reefer radio warren at an undisclosed location deep within the bubbling bowels of underground Seattle, my goal is to spread the green flame of 420 truth in 30-minute increments. Today's guest on Hemp Present will be Joy Beckerman, hemp ace expert extraordinaire and goddess of ganja. But first, a little hemp 101 so we can get you the 411 on the 420 because it's always 7 times 60 here at Hemp Present. Hemp is actually the common name for plants of the entire genus cannabis, even though the term is commonly used to specifically refer to cannabis strains cultivated for industrial, non-drug applications. In a mystifying and head-scratching display of absurd, albeit typical, counterproductive policy, the U.S. government makes zero distinction between the bushy, intoxicating variety that we all love and know as marijuana and the fibrous stalks of the non-psychoactive industrial strains. Four states in the District of Columbia have either legalized or greatly decriminalized intoxicating cannabis, depending on your definition of legalized, and even more states have allowed some form of medical marijuana, yet it remains a federal crime to cultivate any form of cannabis on American soil. It's enough to make one wonder what our government's been smoking. Still... There's a thriving industrial hemp product industry growing in the United States, and with a few blocks of where I am today, there are store shelves featuring hemp seed-based milk substitutes, hemp seed protein powders, hemp-baked goods, refined edible hemp oils, hemp soaps, cosmetics, skin creams, building materials, clothing, and much more. But if it's illegal to produce industrial hemp in America, how is this industry even possible? Well, it's only possible because there's a host of other nations who have their hemp production policies rooted in sanity, science, logic, and reason. Many countries around the world produce and export raw or processed hemp fiber, hemp seed, and hemp oil, with the biggest players including Canada, 
France, and China. The potential industrial uses for all of this hemp does not stop at paper, textiles, biodegradable plastics, construction, materials, or health food. Hemp can also be used to produce one of the most critical and essential products necessary for the existence of modern human civilization, fuel. Hemp's one of the fastest growing biomasses on the planet and one of the earliest domesticated plants recorded. Hemp requires little to no pesticides or herbicides. Hemp cultivation controls erosion of the topsoil, produces oxygen, and leaves nitrogen in the soil. A cadre of potentially harmful products can be largely or completely replaced by hemp, including tree paper. Chlorine bleach is used to process tree fibers for paper, which results in the waste product polychlorinated dibenzodioxins, popularly known as dioxins, which are carcinogenic and contribute to deforestation. Yet, the strongest chemical needed to whiten hemp made paper is non-toxic hydrogen peroxide. Our current hemp policies import jobs and commerce overseas as American businesses must pay higher prices for all things hemp than would be necessary if the multifaceted, highly resourceful, and pathetically maligned hemp plant were allowed to be cultivated, processed, and sold within U.S. borders. It has been written that if today is a typical day on the planet Earth, we will lose 116 square miles of rainforest or about an acre a second. We will lose another 72 miles to encroaching deserts as a result of human mismanagement and overpopulation. We will lose 40 40 to 100 species, and no one knows whether that number is 40 or 100. Today, the human population will increase by 250,000, and today we will add 2,700 tons of chlorofluorocarbons to the atmosphere and 15 million tons of carbon. Tonight, the Earth will be a little hotter, its waters more acidic, and the fabric of life more threadbare. But hemp could save the day, and you're going to find out how. Joy Beckerman is the president of Hemp Ace International, an industrial hemp consulting and brokerage firm, as well as the Northwest Farmers Union advisor on industrial hemp. She owned the first hemp store in New York in the early 1990s and served as secretary to the Vermont Hemp Council in the mid-1990s. Joy then developed an extensive dual career as a compliance and complex civil litigation paralegal, working with some of Seattle's most distinguished attorneys. Joy serves domestic and international clients and is the recipient of the National Hemp Industries Association's 2014 Hemp Activist of the Year Award and works directly with law and policymakers. Welcome to Hemp Present, Joy. It is such an honor and a pleasure to be here, Vivian. Thank you. How are you, darling? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing better to be on Hemp Present and Cannabis Radio. Of course, you know, we go way back as we first met at the Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam in 1995. So we have a full 20 years of friendship and cannabis comrade camaraderie stored up. And how things have changed since that auspicious occasion and event in the mid-1990s. Well, let me start by saying, aren't we patient? <laughs> yes, yes, no and, doubt. Uh, and tenacious. And tenacious. Well, and I think, you know, once cannabis chooses you to move it forward uh, on the planet, it chooses you. We both maybe would have dumped it years ago if we could, but uh, the plant has chosen <laughs> us. I feel nothing but fulfillment work, working towards liberating this. So thank you so much for your work on both the oil seed and fiber type industrial hemp and on our medicinal and sacramental and adult use type marijuana. What's the difference? The difference is revolution is happening. Legislation is happening. And even with industrial hemp, I'm so happy to report there's some great stuff happening on a federal level. Wow. So that's about time, huh? 
away about time. We have some real champions there. We have, you know, our, our, the folks who were against us, the folks who were working against us back during the Marijuana Tax Act days, basically the 1930s in through 1937. They have much larger fish to fry these days is the reality of it. And also the petrochemical companies and uh, tree paper companies who were sort of two of the foundational linchpins of prohibition um, also recognize that they have a finite supply of the resources that they've been working with and are putting tons of money into particularly petrochemical, into biomass, biofuel research, and of course, tree paper companies looking into alternatives for biomass, of which there is no better alternative for tree, for uh, paper making rather than industrial hemp. Well, Joy, um, I got uh, time for a question or two, and then we'll have to take a quick break, so we just want to dive in. Uh, let's start with you and how you got inspired to dedicate your life to the hemp plant and to the cannabis community. Uh, what is it about the plant, the movement, the industry that led you to become such an ardent advocate for imbibers of the fiber like myself? Indeed. Uh, at a Grateful Dead show uh, in 1990, I, was, I received a flyer with regard to industrial hemp. I don't believe everything I read, not everything I read moves me. The way this particular flyer did, I literally reacted to it on a cellular level. I was involved in sort of the peace movement and getting involved into the natural movement, found myself at a dead show because that's the community that I felt most aligned with, wanted to explore the most. And however, I approached that with, well, we're killing the planet. We're all going to die. Let's just try to make the best of it, you know, while we kill it. And when I got this flyer, I can't tell you how I shook and I said, what? What is this? There's a solution to all of these very many environmental problems and social problems. There's a solution here and it's illegal. I've been operating under the premise for that prior 20 years of my life that there is no solution and there this solution presented itself to me and that day changed the course of the trajectory of my life. Wow. Pretty cool. Uh, in about a minute, uh, tell us about your company, Hemp Ace, and how people can connect with you. Thanks so much. So Hemp Ace is a consulting and brokerage firm. I consult mainly in industrial hemp. However, since I live in the state of Washington and I'm here on the West Coast uh, and so close to Canada, I do end up with a lot of clients who are looking to get into the legal, medical, uh, or recreational market. I also consult with uh, folks in Jamaica where sacramental ganja, their legal word is ganja, has been uh, legalized. And, and this uh, brokerage is literally everything possible that you can imagine of industrial hemp that's legal. I can sell raw fibers, all of the textiles, paper, apparel, seed oil, nutrition, industrial oil, cosmetics, uh, nanotechnology, uh, biomass, if you're looking to um, experiment in that area. Uh, so I only don't sell seeds that are capable of germination. Viable seeds are unlawful. I do not sell resins because that is unlawful, and uh, the cultivation itself is unlawful, except under some really awesome limited purposes that I'd like to tell you about when we, when we come back. I will eventually be developing a retail site. Folks want to buy retail hemp from me all the time, so hempace.com will be uh, available for retail hemp sale purchases. Other than that, joy at hempace.com. That's joy at hempace.com. That's how to reach me. Sweet. We're just getting started with Joy Beckerman and Hemp Base. We're going to take a quick pause for the cuz because there's flaws in the laws and be right back. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. 
InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, a fitness writer, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Like many of the million people who are living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every single day. And sometimes my nerves are so raw that if you brushed up against me in an elevator, I'd scream. I can't sleep at night from the pain, and sometimes the spasms in my legs are so intense they will wake me up throughout the night. I've tried the strongest prescription medications available, and I'm going to tell you, they do not work. In fact, they leave me in a stupor, and most of the time, it's impossible to even live your life. Now, I've tried medical marijuana, and I'm going to tell you something, it works. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be, you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Hemp Present. I am talking with Joy Beckerman from HempAce.com, among other things. Joy, do you want to finish what you are talking about there uh, a second ago, about what you're doing with HempAce? Yes, and, and particularly even federally with HempAce, just again... <laughs> Please do not go to someone who has only been involved in industrial hemp for a year, six months, or even three years. Those of us who have dedicated our lives to this particular species are the folks you want to talk to if you want to get involved with uh, industrial hemp farming, industrial hemp cultivation, or any of the many industrial hemp industries. It's it's, uh, not rocket science. However, the oversimplification of industrial hemp uh, can be a danger, particularly to entrepreneurs and investors. So please... Come to HempBase.com, and I will be very happy to consult with you and to lead you to the world's global experts in industrial hemp and lead you to the products and raw materials that you're looking for from an appropriate source. With regard to why I cannot sell viable hemp seeds or why I cannot sell resins, we get down now into prohibition of it in and the fact that we do have these states now that are able to cultivate marijuana. We have 24 states that have legalized the cultivation of industrial hemp, but only five of those states have actually put seeds in the ground. And that's because we still have a barrier here federally. However, 
we have an amazing law that was passed, signed into law by Obama on February 7th of 2014, and it was interesting because you're so right. Our definition of marijuana, you said this in the beginning, that the, that the feds do not make any distinction between the oilseed variety and the medicinal slash adult use variety. However, in this industrial hemp, legitimacy of industrial hemp research is the name of Section 7606 of the Agricultural Act of 2014. It's a very simple amendment. It's, it's been the law of the land since February of 2014. And it states that industrial hemp is now distinguished from marijuana, that industrial hemp is simply the any part of the cannabis sativa L plant that is less than 0.3% THC. So actually, the feds have now distinguished it historically for the first time from marijuana and defined it. On top of it, they said, this beautiful little amendment starts out with the glorious words, notwithstanding the Controlled Substances Act of 1970. And what it says is, hey, in states where you have legalized industrial hemp, your departments of agriculture, in conjunction with institutions of higher learning, keep in mind the name of this is called the Legitimacy of Industrial Hemp Research Act, so in conjunction with institutions of higher learning, which, by the way, include technical colleges, community colleges, vocational schools, not just big fancy-pants, uh, well-funded universities, you can now promulgate rules for test pilots and research, including market research. And that word market, by the way, we're considering a hole big enough to drive a hemp truck through in, in terms of selling this fiber and these seeds and these raw materials. And you can do this, promulgate these rules now, the feds are saying, without further legislation. So this is an amazing path forward and actually a responsible path forward that the feds have made for the state to begin state by state to reintroduce industrial hemp um, into their agricultural profile. There's a lots of reasons for resistance there, and we can get into that later on. But the feds are doing this, they're doing this wisely. The seeds become an issue in terms of developing the farming and cultivation here because, hey, if you want marijuana seeds, you don't have to go far. Here in America, we have the most fantastic marijuana seeds available. You don't have to worry about dealing with international borders to get seeds here in America. Industrial hemp, totally different story. We did not preserve the germplasm, even our finest cultivars. We did not preserve them here in America. So in order to meet what has now become fairly sophisticated industrial hemp markets through all of the different varieties of cultivars that we have to meet all of the different needs for various biocomposite applications and textile and paper and various nutritional profiles for seeds. And then, of course, if we're dealing with animal or industrial purposes, cosmeceutical, nutraceutical purposes, all of those are very sophisticated, can be very sophisticated end uses. All of the hemp that is grown in developed countries is basically contracted before the seed is put in the ground. It's not that we buy a magic seed and it, it makes a magic plant and that magic plant produces these magic 50,000 products. That's not it. It's very specific cultivars that are grown. The farmer is growing it because they're already in a contract with the end-use manufacturer who is depending on that particular seed producing a very particular type of industrial hemp plant that is going to serve their specific manufacturing and uses. And we need access to those cultivars to be able to meet the demands of these new, new sophisticated markets. And we have to import those seeds into America in order to plant them. This is, is what the issue is, getting those seeds, because guess what? Those seeds are still considered 
Schedule One controlled substances, not just in America, but in a lot of those 31 developed countries that we love so much because they've been booming and moving forward with their hemp industries, although many of them, surprisingly enough, are operating under a definition of hemp that causes them to deal with below 0.2%, so even less generous than America, but there's still Schedule One controlled substances, those viable seeds, even in Canada, even in the UK, where a lot of the, in Finland, which, which of course is which of course is ludicrous because you can't get high off it. So what's the purpose of that? So right. I guess we have the UN treaty to thank, probably, and we're, there are some amazing, as I know, an activist like you is aware, some amazing movement happening with addressing the UN treaty with regard to cannabis laws. And the reality is that this cannabis was being criminalized throughout the planet before 1937. And really, while we know that there was a tremendous industrialist conspiracy here with regard to everything from, you know, fibers, cotton, um, and petrochemicals and tree paper and the sulfuric acid process of tree paper, but at the same time, racism, there was a tremendous foundational um, uh, prohibition globally using racism in marijuana didn't even necessarily start here, but boy, did we make a big, big deal about it. But actually started even in 1906 globally. So let's imagine we have the seeds. Let's imagine we got the hemp growing here in America. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any industrial processing infrastructure in America like there is in Canada, for an example? Uh, I mean, how much of an obstacle is that aspect of domestic hemp production? How do we process Thank it here? You so Thank you so much for asking. This obviously is the silver bullet key question and a surprising answer so that I can tell you that in Canada, actually not a whole lot of infrastructure. That is just beginning, even though they've had a legal market since 1998 in Canada. They have been just taking modern day combines or patched together combines that will work on a hemp seed field. And they have been harvesting only these seeds, basically, and taking that incredible, valuable biocellulose, biomass and the stuff in the roots and tilling it back into the ground because they did not have decorticating or processing facilities. Those are now being built, and we are missing them here, it's true, but we will be able to, just as Canada was immediately able to, take advantage of the giant hemp seed nutrition and hemp seed oil market. We are taking 90% of the hemp seeds and hemp seeds derivatives and oils coming out of uh, Canada, America, is importing 90% of that, all of that, and we can be producing all of it here. Now, we do also have an immediate use for some of the herd, which, which we'll be able to use and, and go to market with. For instance, we could immediately start using the hemp um, stock for biochar. And this hemp biochar would be the most valuable biochar for agriculture. And we could simply take that herd and start in with deoxygenated, you know, furnaces to to um, create that biochar. And certainly we can make some powdered herd right off the bat and stick it in a chipper and use it for things right off the bat. But we are going to need these decorticating and processing facilities to be built. That infrastructure must be built. I'd, I'd love to, if you're interested, tell you about a really exciting one that is already happening in America. Okay, well, let's do that in a second because we have to roach it for a minute and hear another quick word okay. from one of our brave sponsors. And we'll be right back for our final uh, uh, several questions with Joy Beckerman from Hemp Ace International at HempAce.com. See, see you in a sec. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. 
InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Hemp Present with Joy Beckerman to talk about all things hemp. Joy, uh, tell us about Federal Bill S-134. Thank you for asking. So the Industrial Hemp Farming Act of 2013 was refiled as the Industrial Hemp Act of 2015. And boy, aren't we thrilled. This is a federal bill. A mirror bill, by the way, is in the House of the Congress, which is H.R. 525. We don't need to work on that so much right now because there's a lot of support there. But right now there are only nine U.S. senators that have co-sponsored the Industrial Hemp Farming Act of 2015, this would simply remove industrial hemp from the Controlled Substances Act once and for all. We all know it doesn't belong as a Schedule One controlled substance any more than marijuana does, but this will remove it. So we need everybody around the country, no matter what state you're in, all 50 states, to please go to votehemp.com, that's V-O-T-E-H-E-M-P.com, votehemp.com, click on the Take Action tab, Click, what can I do, and follow those prompts, because we need you to get your senators to co-sponsor S-134, and if they won't, then they need to respond to you as to why. What is the barrier? Why will you not? If you are not going to co-sponsor it, is the question to ask your senators, why will you not co-sponsor it? And start that dialogue, and be their friend, and educate them. Please, folks, votehemp.com, the Take Action tab, click, what can I do? Joy, you presented a smoking workshop on hempcrete in the parking lot behind Hemp Fence Central earlier this year. Do you have anything like that planned for the coming weeks or months? And if so, how can folks find out about it? Thank you. I am so blessed. Hempcrete of the 50,000 hemp products. Who would have thought hempcrete is my favorite? It is mold resistant. What is, what is hempcrete? What is that? Thank you. 
It is a building material, an infill. A lot of people think it's for roads or this type of thing. It is a wall infill, and it's made of hemp and lime and water, a lime-based binder. It's a mold-resistant, rot-resistant, fire-resistant, pest-resistant building material that provides the optimal indoor air quality, regulates temperature and humidity, and in most uh, climates, you wouldn't even need a heating or a cooling system with a 12-inch wall. It's my favorite product. I work exclusively with Hemp Technologies Collective, which is a global country, um, and also responsible Hemp Technologies for the first two permitted hempcrete homes in the United States in Asheville, North Carolina. We conduct workshops all over the world. If you go to hempcreteworks.com, once again, that's hempcreteworks.com, and hempcrete is H-E-M-P-C-R-E-T-E, like concrete, but hempcrete. And it's HempCreteWorks.com. You'll be able to see our upcoming workshops. Uh, the next two will be in Asheville, North Carolina, with, in fact, the design technical analyst who is responsible for one of those two first HempCrete homes that Hemp Technologies made. And I'll be staying in one of those homes, my first time staying in a HempCrete house, just in two weeks, October 2nd and 3rd. Then another one coming up in Seattle on October 25th of this year. And then again in Calgary, Alberta on November 14th. And we also have some coming up in Mexico. So, Hempcrete, we want to just take over construction. We will replace everything with hemp and lime. The pink stuff, the Tyvek, the skins, the drywall, replace it all with hemp and lime. Joy, in a minute and a half, can you tell us what you think are the most widely prevailing myths, misconceptions, and inaccuracies surrounding industrial hemp? I sure can. One is that hemp is the male plant and that marijuana is the female plant. That's actually not true uh, under this species. We have uh, both low THC and high THC or low resin and high resin varieties, and they are both male, female, dioecious, monoecious, and hermaphrodite even. So that's one of the big ones. The other one, of course, the major one, you could get high smoking hemp. Of course, you cannot. The anti-selective, uh, the anti-psychoactive properties in cannabis, which is cannabidiol, the ratio in hemp is two to one, meaning, and in marijuana, it would be one to two. So more psychoactive THC than non-psychoactive CBD, the opposite being true in hemp. So you're constantly working against yourself. You could consume an entire field of hemp and you're just giving yourself twice the headache and half the high. Those are my two big ones. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Joy Beckerman, for being on Hemp Present. You are truly one of my favorite people in the entire hemp movement. Thank you so much for your tremendous and essential inspiring work. Uh, you need your own show, Joy, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, you are awesome. Uh, people can find out and connect with Joy at hempace.com. And uh, I look forward to uh, doing another Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam with you someday. I can't wait, and I know I opened with it, but I got to close with it. A true honor and a true pleasure, my cannabis brother, Vivian. Thank you. Thank you, darling. I want to dive into a weekly feature of Hempersound on CannabisRadio.com, and that is my quote of the week, and here it is. Quote, why use up the forests which were centuries in the making and the mines which required ages to lay down if we can get the equivalent of forests and mineral products in the annual growth of the fields? I know from experience that many of the raw materials of industry which are today stripped from the forest and the mines can be obtained from annual crops grown on the farm, and that's Henry Ford, who knew what he was talking about. If the people lead, the leaders follow. Help us save our skin by shedding our old prohibitionist skins for good. Even a lizard brain could understand the logic of such an action. And that concludes this installment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank my man in the control room, Brasco, 
my brave sponsors and producers. Join me next week for my guest Roger Barber, New Jersey parent of a child needing cannabis oil to treat her seizure disorder. Because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so speak up for justice. Until then, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.